0: Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kivman, and it's great being with you here. We've got a short segment in today and we're going to continue our discussions of wrestling with faith. And one of the topics that I've been asked to address is one where, you know, as honest Jews living in the 21st century and there's lots of progressive thinking today, a lot of people are faced with confusion. And although we claim to staunchly believe in the virtues of the Torah's unchanging values, the truth is we're phased by the moral leaps of modern society, we look around and we see whether it's issues of gender assignment or same-sex marriages or egalitarianism, whatever it might be. To some people, the Torah appears to be somewhat outdated. What I hope today and perhaps next week as well to continue on this topic is this is one that I've experienced with interacting with many people in the community with congregants and others. One of the greatest obstacles, stopping people from embracing Judaism and the Jewish values and history and morals of and God, the Torah's perspective, the way we see things, and people often raise various questions and issues from egalitarianism. That Torah is unegalitarian, or at least they look at Orthodox Judaism as such. That Judaism seems to follow this primitive tribal system. And how could a mature and sophisticated God or religion discriminate amongst people? Are Jews and non-Jews, and men and women, uh, are we really? that much different? Why can't a non-Jew be included in the Minyan? Why can't a woman be the chazan? What's wrong with Orthodox Judaism? Why are we so outdated? And other types of questions, whether people find Judaism too restrictive, it's yielding too much control over our lives, and why does a generous and loving God or religion restrict people? I had this discussion in Manhattan just on Tuesday afternoon with a friend of mine who I went to visit And he told me, no, he likes going to shul. He goes to a conservative temple. He says he just can't handle all the restrictions within Orthodox Judaism. And that's why he goes to another denomination. He says, I love Judaism and Torah, but it's a very selective kind of love. And the question is, why does Judaism, why does the Torah perspective interfere with people's personal preferences? Why can't Judaism just let people live? Lozmir up, let people eat what they want and go to the restaurants where they feel comfortable with the friends who they feel like doing so, and in Shabbos, whatever else it is in people's schedules. So, modernizing Judaism's values and laws is something that some have chosen to do, but obviously, if we are following the Torah's way of life, that's not really an option. As Maimonides famously says, the principles of Torah are eternally unchanging. And therefore were we to bend the Torah's ideals to fit our mold of life of of life, of the way we want to live, then the Torah would lose that sacredness. It would it wouldn't be Torah anymore. It's that story that I've told over many a time, but seems appropriate now as well, where the fellow comes home with a new suit and asks his wife, and asks his kids, and nobody wants to help him cut the long pants, make a nice hem, maybe a little cuff at the bottom. And so he decides first to do it himself, cuts off the three centimeters necessary, but his family starts feeling for him, and his wife decides she'll do a nice job at the sewing machine. Then one daughter, and then the other child, and each one cuts a little bit here and there, and before he knows it, there's no suit left. And that's the thing with modernizing our religion we try to reform it and change it and reconstruct it and we cut a little here and a little there and before we know it it doesn't resemble a suit it doesn't resemble judaism it's something else completely so if we start modernizing and and cutting here and there try to make it fit the mold of our life the way we want it it, it's not judaism and the holy and immortal word of God becomes mundane and the word, the, the mortal word of humans instead. So obviously, that's not an option. So we're stuck in a tight corner. And although we want to accept the Torah's way of life, it seems to contradict our modern sensibilities and it doesn't seem to fit the way we want to live our modern lives. So what's the solution? What I'd like to do today is to join to invite you to join me in a little bit of a discussion and take a different route in addressing these questions. And the point is to challenge our thinking and question our modern values. And regardless of the conclusions that we reach, the point is that hopefully we could appreciate the Torah's perspective. And regardless of our questions, like I said, the questions are rife. There's so many of them from Look at the contrast of the progressive norm in modern society today. The Torah obviously is not in sync. Is not in harmony with many of the modern ways of thinking. You think about at Mount Sinai. Or throughout biblical parlance. You see how God glorifies the Jewish people. Where the Torah says, Atem tiyu kadosh, That we should be a nation of priests. A holy nation. And so we're considered holy and therefore by being holy we have to observe various rituals and laws and different mitzvahs that we were charged with. Well, a lot of that seems to be discriminatory against others. Well, let's not call it supremacy but this whole chosen nation idea seems to justify on religious grounds inequality between, between different members of humanity. Now obviously... If one understands what chosen means, then it's not about a superiority, a supremacy complex, but rather chosen means we are chosen to fulfill the mandate of the 613 commandments of the Torah and others are chosen for whatever purpose they are here and each person has their purpose. No one here is superfluous, redundant, extra in any way. If God would have made two of us, then I wouldn't have to do my job. And God didn't make two of you either. There's only one you. You have to do and fulfill your purpose and mission and accomplish what you were put in this world to do. So it's not about supremacy and superiority, but rather there is a mission. And the Jewish people have a specific mission to achieve and accomplish in this world. And that's what you're chosen for. But then you go within Judaism too. And you see that not everyone's equal. You have the descendants of the tribe of Levi who enjoy their own unique privileges. There's the service in the temple that the Kohanim and Levim would perform. And then there were the rites to various taxes, the Tirmus, the Maistress, the many other Matanas Kahuna that those only who came from the tribe of Levi were privileged to receive. And then, of course, during the 40 years of traveling in the wilderness while the Jews were in the desert, the Levites reserved the closest camping grounds to the Mishkan, to the tabernacle in the desert. This is, of course, a symbol of their innate, hol- their innate holiness. They have the power to bless and are the first to be called up to the Torah. And the Levim get the second aliyah. So they seem to be the privilege amongst the privileged. So within Judaism, we have these privileges as well. Not only that, women are not obligated in the same mitzvahs as men. Of course, there are certain mitzvahs that only women are privileged to perform and men cannot and others that are specific for men but the point is it's not equal it's not egalitarian so the idea is that women many people will complain are excluded from any leadership roles in Jewish life like someone asked why can't the woman be the rabbi or the chazan and yes it's true that many more modern progressive movements That is the case. But if you're going to go to Orthodox Judaism, where we try to observe Torah in its original without reforming it, then there are many positions from the rabbinate, the judiciary, to many synagogue leadership roles that are exclusively reserved for males. Obviously, women can serve on committees and boards, but can't be the rabbi, can't be the chazen, not even the gabai. So... Why can't a woman get her aliyah, people ask. Why do we have to be separated on two different sides of the mechitza? All of this inequality seems to be unfair. Some people might call it discriminatory. And although we are indeed all equal, to quote Animal Farm, some people appear to be more equal than others. And I'm not done. Think about the social roles. Besides for inequality, think about... Other things, each person is assigned by birth a specific role in society. And whether a person seeks to gain more religious privileges or to free themselves of the religious expectations, people are, so to say, stuck in certain aspects of society. Nothing they can do to change their status. If a person's born a Jew, then they're expected to guard the covenant at Sinai to observe the Torah's laws. And nothing they do can free themselves from those religious duties. No matter how much a person's considered, thinks they're a Zulu or a Buddhist, they'll be a Buju or a Zuju, but they will forever remain Jewish and they don't have that option to opt out. If a person's born a Kohen, then that's it. They're a Kohen for life. And obviously that's going to obligate them to keep certain laws of ritual purity and impurity and forbids them from marrying certain people, not just out of the faith, but you know the Kohen is one who can't marry a divorcee or a convert to Judaism. And on the other hand, a Yisrael by birth, myself, even if my mother was a Katz. You know, certain names describe one who comes from priestly descent. So on my mother's side, I come from priestly descent, but I can't be a Kohen. And I'm born a an Israelite, and I will die as one. Torah law, for example, doesn't allow for a, for sex change Or for gender reassignment. Now that's a whole separate discussion. We shouldn't be judging people. It's not our job. It's not our task. And if a person is choosing a particular. uh, Whatever status a person wants to choose. It's not our job to judge people. But if you want to look at the Torah itself. Yes. The Torah describes certain behaviors as abominations. And therefore. We have to adhere to that. So. This obviously poses another tough question about Torah law, is how could people be assigned by birth to roles that they didn't choose? Ironically, I was just in New York, and in fact, I exercised my liberty. Since I can't vote here, I vote there. Indeed, the midterm elections are a very important, very, very important role aspect of checks and balances and is very noticeable by the results how the people came out to vote but one of the new peculiar positions in New York that was introduced by the present mayor Bill de Blasio is when a child's born the parents have three options to choose of gender male, female or baby X let the child decide on their own what gender they wish to be yes we're in a new modern progressive world why can't people choose their own role? Whether they want to be a Cohen or a Levi or an Israelite or whatever they might want to be, let people be more free. Let them choose their own identity and society. But my friends, according to Torah and Orthodox Judaism, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, is mistaken in this perspective of his. And we can keep on going. The Torah obviously limits people's choices. Whether it's your schedule or your diet or your personal relationships, the Torah gives us various guidelines. On Shabbos, even if the rabbi's sermon's boring and I don't like the Torah reading and the bracha food isn't good enough, well, obviously you haven't come to our shul. You come to Santon Central. It's all lekka kreka. We have the most delectable brachas, but this isn't a plug to come to my shul. Most shul's in Joburg these days are certainly offering you good food, but many people prefer to shop on Shabbos. Or prefer to go play golf? Whatever it might be. And what about the food you eat? Why do you have to pay extra for kosher? Why can't you go out to restaurants where perhaps there's other items on the menu? And why can't a Jew only marry someone from the Jewish faith? And why are people forbidden to marry someone from their own gender? And why can't a couple be intimate whenever they choose? And I'm sure you got lots of more questions. This obviously flies in the face of norms of modern society today. Why does our religion place so many limitations upon us? Why can't people be free to just choose their own diet, their own schedule, their own spouse, their own gender, whatever they want? The Torah system seems to just be overly stifling and incompatible with today's free society. And it seems that the views of Torah law aren't so... Reconcilable with those of modern society. And so my friends, we're coming to a conclusion here for today and I haven't really answered very many of these questions. But what I do hope is that you'll tune in next week where we hope to get into this and I'd be really delighted to, to really get your perspective. In fact, some questions are coming through here and I, I apologize that I don't have a chance to answer all the questions but what I will do is to honor one of the requests to dedicate today's learning, Le'ilei Nishmas Yitzchak ben Herschel and a Perfua Shalema for Esther Batzara. But there are lots of questions that have come through, and I'll tell you what I will do is, I will take note of them, and please God, next week, I'll try to address these questions, because this is certainly a hot-button topic. I didn't realize how hot it would be that we'll have so many comments and questions coming through that I actually don't have the time. So I apologize that I haven't answered all your questions. I haven't even answered my own questions. But, What I'd like to do is to say, firstly, I want to invite you to join us for the Jewish Learning Institute courses, where you're welcome to join us on a Wednesday morning at Chabad House, 9.45 a.m., Chabad Savoy, or 7.15 p.m. at the Santon Central Shul, Chabad's Gennes and Kinda Center in Santon Central, where we are going to actually delve into these hot-button topics. And we will give you photocopies of the texts to analyze it, to look at the Torah text yourself, see what the Torah itself says and realize the the stark contrast between modern society and Torah's perspective. And if perhaps I could just summarize a few important ideas that will perhaps highlight the difference between Torah and modern society and why we have these differences is if you look at modern society, we elect our government Not because we want someone to control our lives. But rather we realize otherwise life would be an anarchy. It would be hopeless. And that's why the Perky Avot says we got to pray for the welfare of the government because otherwise people would consume each other alive. But ultimately we adhere to the laws because we ourselves impose it upon ourselves. We elect government. Because we want them to govern us. And we elect public officials to represent us in the government by the people, for the people. If you're not happy with your representatives, you could repeal them. You could actually... You could even impeach the president as we did in this country with President Zuma. Guess what? Look at the Torah. The Torah is not about human rights. The Torah is about responsibilities. You cannot repeal or amend Torah laws. So Torah... Obviously, it offers us deep meaning and purpose and guidance and instruction. And it instructs us, the essential, it's essential for humanity to reach our destination. The Torah's laws are ones that create life, whereas modern society laws are created by life, by the circumstances of life. Torah's laws create life. It's very different. And therefore, the Torah assigns people with the roles to play in our journey for human- of humanity a person's role, whether it's the privileges or the demands. That's our key to finding meaning and purpose. And the Torah gives us that meaning and purpose. In fact, the very meaning of the word Torah is instruction. It's our instruction manual for life. And if you want to find meaning and purpose in your life, you follow the Torah. So true, it doesn't fit into the modern way of thinking. But if we could shift our focus from human rights, which is what modern society is about, to human purpose then you realize that Torah imbues us with meaning. Yes, it might be challenging because it confronts us to attach substantial weight to our life's choices. And it's not about just freedom to do whatever we want, but it's very rewarding because it imbues our lives with the utmost significance if we realize that that's where we could find the utmost meaning and purpose in our lives. So in a word, modern society and a government protects people and protects our rights but the torah makes them necessary and perhaps we can make room for both in our lives because yes torah gives us our obligations and responsibilities in life and perhaps modern law is what protects those rights so please god next week we'll take it to the next level and we'll get deeper into the meaning and one thing i want you to join me for specifically is when we look around and we see what's going on in society these days. And without a doubt, there's a lot of pain and suffering, especially when we consider what happened last week in Pittsburgh. So I was at a memorial prayer this past week for it. And I'm going to ask you to join me next week to analyze that when when tragedy strikes, where is God? Why would a loving God allow for these problems, for pain, for suffering? And I think you will appreciate that discussion. So please do join us next week, Wednesday, you have a morning option, you have an evening option, and Thursday, we'll touch on some of those topics right here on Soul to Soul. Stay tuned for the latest news coming up in a moment with the one and only Sasha Starr. So, Carpe Diem, seize the day, have a meaningful and purposeful Shabbos, and stay tuned right here for the news, and then fresh thinking up next with Rabbi Shishler.